0: That Veronica Vaughn is one piece of ace. I know from experience, dude. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Well, not me personally, but a guy I know. Him and her got it on. woo (laughs) (laughs) No, they didn't. No, no,
1: no, they didn't.
0: Everybody on? Good, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. Who do you think
2: you are? I am. And welcome to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I am episode eight, the Ocho.
1: ESPN8, the outro.
2: special release date midweek. We figured uh, why we do this.
1: It was just we wanted to. No, no, no rhyme or reason. We just right, wanted just to wanted, get it out and just wanted to do it. You know, because yeah, we have so much fun doing it.
2: Luckily for us, we got a lot of NFL news to talk about. Um, we're gonna talk about some MLB. Maybe we got hockey on. So maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah,
1: you know, we'll, we'll go where the wind takes us. So we have our hat winner on hold. Uh, my cousin Kenneth uh won the hack contest, so it's nice to have some family on the show. Uh, so without any further ado, Kenneth, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Now, it's a- nice, nice, to- nice to have you on. So,
2: where do we, be- where do we begin? Let's let's talk about. Okay, oh, let
0: me let me. If you don't mind, I know it's your show, but if you don't mind, I start. I uh, at the end of the last episode, I was a little unclear oh, whether uh it, you know, was mocking my Buffalo Bills or was. <laughs> Kind of just you know trying to bring up the topic of the Antonio Brown was a little unclear. So if you don't mind, before we start, just clarifying what that whole Buffalo Bills rant was at the end of episode seven.
2: Let's go with it. Uh, so Antonio Brown was obviously he's on the move. Well, he's he's moved. He's in Oakland. But before that, it was uh, brought to me by by an inside source that he was traded to the Bills. So, I was getting ready to break the news on the show, I was like, holy shit, he's going to the, he's going to the Bills of all places, and...
0: Well, see, so that's what I mean, I, I don't know what that means, <laughs> Bills of all places.
2: Who wants to go to the Bills? Who wants to play in the Bills? Well,
0: it's not about, listen, I, I, I'll be fair, living in Buffalo is not easy, it's not the most exciting city, it's not Los Angeles, you know, by any stretch, or even New York City. You know, even though the Jets and the Giants do play in East Rutherford, which is not exactly the most glamorous city in America. True. But what, my, my problem was the <laughs> report did come out a little bit early, and then immediately everyone starts saying, oh, no one wants to play in Buffalo. No one wants to play in Buffalo. And my problem with that is why don't we want to play with, in my opinion, one of the hot young coaches in the league, team with starting the off season with close to $80 million in cap space, a young quarterback with an absolute cannon. Mm. I think we were the third ranked overall defense last year, which no one expected. It's true. Why a guy wouldn't want to play for us? You know, I, I don't think that was the reason. I think that was just the easy thing for everyone to say because no one knew. Of course, what
2: the true answer was.
0: Because you still you still the question
2: though. The Bills, the Bills, and the Browns are synonymous. It's like two places nobody wants it, wants mm-hmm. to go play to. Well, but I do agree. I do like Josh Allen. I like his uh, his skill set especially like you said his cannon arm a guy like Antonio Brown going there is is like a dream come true but well you dodged my original question
0: did you, <laughs> were you mocking my bills?
2: No, well, I wasn't mocking the bills. I was just I was surprised even though I know he doesn't have a choice as to where he got to be traded to, you know, cuz it's not like he's a free agency he can go pick unlike Le'Veon Bell who decided to go to the Jets, that's another that's another that's story. another boneheaded move I don't understand but yeah, I mean my
0: bills my bills my bills get
2: a bad rap they it's do.
0: City. It is what it is. It's a it's a small town. It's blue. You know, it's uh, blue collar. It's nothing. You know, it's nothing special. I, you know, I, I'll admit that. I mean, there, many players have gone there and said, you know, the most exciting thing in Buffalo is the Applebee's. You know, and, and I can understand that, and I can understand it. But, but as far as football is concerned, and winning football games, you know, I mean, no one talks about McDermott. No, it's, it's kind of like what he's doing in Buffalo. Is just like he inherited an absolute disaster.
1: with, yeah, of with what Rex
0: Ryan left there. Absolutely. You know, we had we had new ownership. Which I mean, the old ownership was were the original owners. Our owner was ninety two years old when he passed away. He, it was in his will to sell the team. He sold the team to Buffalo natives who wanted nothing <laughs> more but to make the team, you know, be you know, be successful and stay in Buffalo. Hired a hired a bad coach at first, but I immediately realized their mistake and hired. I mean, as far as I'm I mean one of the best young coaches in the game. I mean, everyone talks about oh,
1: Sean McVay, Sean McVay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, what about McDermott? Kenneth, you know, it's he's funny. Got a, he's got a, yeah. Go it's ahead. funny. He's talking to a, a L.A. Rams fan of now, wait, all people.
2: Now wait, let me just be, let me be clear here that and Puma can attest to this that I've been a Rams fan since we were both in the third grade. So I've been I've been there through like all the shitty fucking times in between the greatest show on turf and the greatest show on surf, but I would never I would never question a man's fanhood. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's just digging right into you, man.
0: I'm not I'm not I'm not getting dug at. No, I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying anything bad about Joe McVay. Yeah, I just you know the Bills just are like they like the forgotten. You know I mean everyone loves to make fun of the Bills when they had and listen we had a twenty year stretch of. You know, pure disasters. You know, it all started when Doug Flutie was brought us to the playoffs, and I think it was '99. And then, you know, the genius geniuses that were running the team at that time decided to stop Johnson in the what is now known as the Music City Miracle. Hmm. And ever since then, you know, it's been hard to root for the quarterbacks they brought in, the JP Holtzman, the EJ Manuel. I mean, I can go, right. I can go on for you know two hours talking about the mistakes that they made. Right, right, right. But now, now they have they built a. a, a Top flight defense, and then as soon as Schefter reports that oh he's traded Buffalo, and then it doesn't happen. at all he didn't want to go play in Buffalo, but he wanted to go play for Oakland, who
2: has now, basically right. the
0: same thing we have, but right. with a, a strong arm, inaccurate quarterback, right. and nothing
2: else. Right. I I I actually I was gonna say that I don't even think the Raiders are a good move for Antonio Brown either. In fact. I was going to say that going to Buffalo would have been better than going to Oakland. the o- o- The Oakland Raiders are are probably the most, in, in a in a players' perspective, the least desirable uh, team to go play for. Despite all the all the history behind them, it's it's an organization that's poorly managed and run. And I mean, who the fuck knows what Gruden's up to over there? I mean, they sell. They get rid of uh, Cooper, they get rid of Khalil Mack for God knows why. It's not like those guys were at the end of their careers, you know what I mean? Khalil Mack goes on to have an amazing season with the Bears, and Cooper helps to rejuvenate the Cowboys and help them make a, a playoff push.
1: Nobody wanted to pay Mack, he know. Did Gruden didn't want to pay everybody Mack. ripped that trade from the Cowboys standpoint. It was First rounder,
0: first rounder. They proved everybody wrong. It seemed to be worth it to them. I mean, you know, it's funny because it's like a first rounder is too much, but if it's the missing piece that you need, if yeah. you need that that receiver. Then you know w- what makes it work. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have been working for a bad team to get him, but think, you know, a team like that, yeah, work out for
2: them. I think, I think the the, the Raiders got fucking robbed, though. Uh, no, sorry, the, 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 Steelers, uh, the Steelers got Steelers robbed. Got robbed in, even in e-
1: Madden wouldn't even take that trade.
2: I mean, that's just a terrible. That's a terrible trade. You, you get a third and a fifth. That's right. That's it. That's it. That's it. A third That's all- and a fifth round for a fucking Pro Bowl receiver. I mean, I mean, value wise, you can't. You, you can Especially if
0: you saw Beckham, you know, pu- pulled in today. You can't you? Can't say that they're wrong. But you know, if they traded a guy who was clearly gonna. He was gonna hold out on the Raiders and they didn't give a contract.
2: Yeah, I know. So, I mean,
0: it wasn't like he was happy. You know, it wasn't like he was gonna. It was just you know, player for assets. You know, in in, in a vacuum. Right. You know, you have to take in the fact that he was he was unhappy with his contract was going to hold out if he didn't receive the money he was happy for. So he didn't just trade after – you're 100% right. Asset wise it was a total robbery. But, you know, people do forget the Steelers, similar to the Patriots, who have been beating on my bills for the last 20 years, seem to just lose good player after good player and yet are always in the thick
2: of it. Yeah, I just – I for some reason, I get a sense that this, uh, this Steeler run is going to be coming to an end, though. Uh, something to me doesn't seem right within the organization. Um, I just I don't know how your two two of your three core players on offense can feel so unhappy with how things are run that they're vocalizing so publicly how unhappy they are, and they're like Le'Veon Bell held out an entire season for for how unhappy he was. But in
1: the grand scheme of things, though, if you look at what the Steelers did without Le'Veon Bell and they have Smith-Schuster to take over no, no, for I, I Brown know, they know, have the just, assets I
2: know it's just for some like there's just things that you can't you you don't know what's going on behind the scenes Yeah, we don't know what's happening in the locker room we don't know the relationships between look up until a couple of months ago mm-hmm. we thought Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger were were okay you know I, I never would have Tomlin seen has
1: something before. to do with that too though
2: so that yeah, I mean, like, Tomlin's been there for a while, and maybe his style is just fading out. I mean, we're seeing like you mentioned, Kenny, like the Bills' new head coach. He's a young guy. He's got he's got the the same mindset as like a McVeigh. This new uh, contemporary way of offense, like fast fast offense, big plays. You know, that's the way the NFL is going. And Tomlin has never been that guy. Luckily, he's had the pieces to make it happen. But even before Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, when it was Big Ben throwing to, um, Heinz Ward and, uh, Rashard Mendenhall running the ball, you know what I mean? And, and they were known for their defense. That's to me, that was like Pittsburgh Steelers football. And that was Tomlin's kind of brand as well. I think that's why they, they made such a good fit. But now that the league is changing, I think that he's on his way out as well. And that's kind of just adding to the whole, uh, I don't know the the the, the I, don't, I don't even know the word to use, but like that's what's making everyone unhappy. You know what I mean? Well, the, the
0: Pittsburgh Steelers back when you know when Roethlisberger was young, you know people forget that you know they they were they had the restricted played on him. He was only throwing twenty. The thing with Raiders he was only throwing twenty twenty five. You know a game. Yeah, it, it was control the ball. Win with your defense. You know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, when no. Roethlisberger revolved just like Brady did, and was, now he, he can throw the ball 40 times a game. I just, you know, maybe you guys can educate me on this because I don't really, I've heard, you know, different things that I'm not really sure of either. They were, somebody was saying that, that the Steelers offered Bell a bigger contract than this because that, from what I remember, they tried to franchise tag him, yep. and that's when he held out. Now, I mean, a franchise tag, even though it's $17 million, is still not, 50 million or 30 guaranteed revenue jets
1: game. I don't remember the exact number. I think it's 80. Did they offer him a bigger contract
2: than what he got or no? I'm not sure.
0: So, the, the Bell, if you look at it from Bell's standpoint, if you're going to franchise tag him and you're going to run him 25 times a game, you know, that may be the last 17 million he ever sees.
1: Hmm.
0: So I don't yeah. blame him. For that. No, you're right. But someone did tell me that they were off. I'm not really 100% sure about that. If they offered him a big contract, then he made a big mistake. But if they didn't, then, you know, I, I still think he did the right thing. I mean, I'll never say doing the right thing is, you know, going to the Jets, but and, and you know, monetarily, you know, how could you blame the guy? Yeah, in a league where guys, you know, every snap could be your last.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, talking about money, you know, the baseball news: Machado uh, is getting paid, Harper getting paid. That's they're. I mean, especially Machado, that's a big. You know, Puma says it's a it's a money grab if you've ever seen one. But yeah, you guys. Well, nobody
0: just, nobody ever goes to the Padres to win.
2: I mean Hey hey But they got They got a nice They got a nice farm system It's a, not the best looking city No <laughs> it is though I'm trying I'm trying I mean, to,
0: a Great I'm, place Great place to live You know Great place to do everything But you know he, he sure as hell Didn't sit up there In that in that press
1: conference And say you know I took less money To come to San Diego To win Yeah Of course <laughs> You know the, the last meaningful game The Padres played Was in 98 <laughs> Yeah and, and you saw how that ended Exactly I mean the, These the, Well I mean If, if Baseball
0: is just so uneven, you know. What I mean, I, let me just you know give you a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of an idea of how I you know for me, I'm a Bills fan. I'm not an NFL fan. I'm a Bills fan through and through. But when it comes to the rest of the NFL, I sit on Sunday. I watch my Bill game. If there's a big big game at the end of the night, I'll watch it. But beyond that, I really could care less. But when it comes to baseball, I consider myself a complete baseball fan. Right now, I'm completely entrenched in my fantasy baseball prep and all my drafts. Oh,
2: nice. But
0: you know, when when it comes to when it comes to baseball, the 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 lack of parity is just... It, it, it hurts the game. It, it's not fun. You know, I mean, it, it's, just, it's not fair. You know, they tried revenue sharing. They tried luxury tax. You know, it didn't stop the Red Sox from winning the World Series last year. Hmm. You know, these small-town teams, they come in after spring training, and they just know they're not going to win the World Series. Just, just not in the cards. Yeah.
1: You know, it's, and it's... it's uh, like, you know, Kenny and I talk baseball every time we're together over dinner or, you know, when we're just hanging out. And baseball's in our blood. And, you know, I'm preparing for my draft, too. But... I agree with him. You know the the system's broken. You know that the there's no parity. There's yeah, no we know, we know how you feel. You, you know, talk about every show. You know they got to figure something out with the free agents, and they got to figure something out with the parity so they can make it more even. I think that that's the CBA that's coming up in 2021. You might see a salary cap. You really might. Even they might be the last sport to fall. You think that's a little too much, Kenny? I mean,
0: I can't see a salary cap in a, in a, in a league where the player' dream is so strong and, you know, the infrastructure is so big with the TV deals and the money is just there. You know, yeah. I do think that the owners have the right. They are the, they are the owners of the business. They have the right to play the employees, you know, what, what they want and where they want. I think this is just like a, uh, you know, a push and pull kind of situation because they, the players were getting too much, too, too many guaranteed years. You got the pool holes contracts, all these big contracts that had just turned out to be terrible. And now owners are a little scared. And, you know, for me, as long as the money's in the game, you know, the guy who gets the, the two-year, three-year deal, like a guy like Brett is getting $8 million to do what this year? As long as the money's yeah. still with the players, you know, it's fine with me. But, you know, the 10-year deals, you know, we, we all know. I used to always joke about Tino Martinez in the contract year, used to have 40 home runs. You know, I don't love the ten-year guaranteed contract because I think that you know it, it makes the players a little bit lazy and a little. And you can't blame them. I mean, somebody handed Machado three hundred million dollars guaranteed, no matter what he does. His mm. incentive to yeah. to play, you know, his incentive to be better, still there for reputation. But you no, know, beyond that, I mean, what is it?
2: Yeah, no, you're you're, you're totally right. I, I always we always talk about this too. The like like Bryce Harper going for thirteen years is. Fucking crazy! No
1: opt out, no trade clause. He's stuck I mean, there he's, for thirteen. He's years. He's in for the
2: long run. I mean, he's gonna be he there. He actually
0: did the. He actually, in my opinion, did a little bit of a like, like a, like a, like a mind bending, like major thing for a second contract with that thirteen years, like you said. Yeah. No opt out. No definitely no a trade trendsetter.
2: Clause. Like definitely a trendsetter because he's saying to the free agents of the of the next incoming classes that, look, I'm gonna be here for forever. You know, I, I can't leave. I can't be traded. I'm going to be here for 13 years, so I want you to come play with me. And I can guarantee that I'm going to be here. So you you have the comfort knowing, like, if he goes to Mike Trout, hey, you know I'm going to be here. So let's just keep, let's just do this together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, Harper, Harper
0: to me, you know, he had it in his mind where he wasn't going to settle for less than the highest contract in MLB history. And it took a long time. You know, it's strange how spring training starts. we got on a team, but he got what he intended to to get, which was, in, you know, with air quotes, you know, the richest contract in MLB history, maybe not per year, you know, but also giving his team a little bit of flexibility to go get a Trout. Exactly. You know, like yeah. that is, you know, you know, whereas Stans' contract was completely backloaded. His team was a small market team. It almost like he knew he was going to get traded.
2: Right. I mean, he's and he's saving Miami his team he money. Yeah, right. He's he's saving money per year to allow the Phillies to to buy these new guys to come in, and I think that's amazing. I
0: mean, I don't want to go back to football, but I mean, you know, I spent 20 years watching Brady destroy my team, but Brady did the same thing when Eli Manning was taking his 22 million and all these guys, Brady was yeah. taking his 10 to 15 every year based on what they can give him and said, "I want to win two bowls." And you know who's laughing now?
2: Right. No, I mean, look at look at the NBA. I don't know how much of an NBA fan you are, but. Look at what the Warriors did uh, during their first go-around of contract negotiations. You know, Yes, those guys were all drafted, and, and the Warriors stepped in shit with every single one of those picks. Uh, and then before Durant got there, they were still great, right? All those guys took cuts so that they can stay together because they knew they had a good thing going. So, I, to me, that's refreshing as a fan looking at these pro athletes who could be making... Double of what they make if they go to a different team after all their su- success, but they want to stay where they are because they truly do care about winning. And fuck it, I'll take ten million dollars less, whatever, big whoop. But I know I'm going to win two, three more rings with these guys. Harper got three thirty, Machado got three hundred.
0: Is there going to be any difference in their lifestyle based mm-hmm. on that thirty million dollars? Yeah, exactly.
2: No, it's you a know p- it's I mean, a it, on it, their ass. It, it's
0: it, 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 easy, easy to say. For a guy, you know, not not making, not even in the realm of being able to wrap my brain around what it would be like to look at my checking account and see $300 million. Yeah. You know, but it's just, it it, it it can't possibly be, I mean, $300 million and a billion, big difference. 330 300 you know, I mean, and the the idea is that that's why Machado, Machado did almost what everybody thought he was going to do. They said he's a selfish player. He called himself, I'm not Johnny Hustle. Everyone was ripping him for it. And he did exactly what everyone thought he was going to do he went he right. went for the
2: most money. Yeah, so I that's why uh Puma was like this is such a money grab. He's just signing up to play golf for the next 10 years
1: in October. Yeah.
2: And uh it's true because he, it, him picking the Padres, he really doesn't give a shit, you know? He just wants his money. He's going to he's going to get his stats to keep doing what he does and like p- live in San Diego, play golf in October, beautiful life.
1: And not for nothing, he has that opt out after the 5th year. So if he doesn't like where they're going, he leaves. That, you know that's the only thing about the Machado yeah, contract was
0: 5 years 5 year opt yeah, out year, 5 year opt out yeah so that'll bring him to what age 31 mm-hmm. 31 which no one's giving him 5 years and 180 after that right.
1: yeah no I mean I think that <clears throat> you know you're talking about the 10 year contract and we're talking about how, how unsuccessful it's been and maybe I'm biased and you know you might be a little biased too but you're more realistic than I am when it comes to certain things it's the best 10 year contract was Jeter's <laughs> yeah, you're older, definitely older. You definitely showed me you know,
0: the way. You know, the only 10-year, the only and I hate to rip off Francesca says this all the time, the only 10-year big-money contract that actually worked out was Sabathia. Mm. And people forget that. Yeah, the last two years, they were shit. You know, he, he had the alcohol problem and, you know, his knee. But, I mean, he won year World Series, you signed him to get. He mm-hmm. he basically performed up to, you know, snuff, if you want to say it, for most of it. I mean, you know, all these other contracts, like,
1: the, like I mentioned before, the pool holes, you no, know, they turned to shit. You know, within a couple of years. What do you What do you think yeah. of the Where do you think the Jeter contract ranks above the ten, the most, the best between ten years? Oh, I mean, listen. You can't. I mean, for me, like you said, I I
0: would like to be able to, you know, like like I would say, put it in a vacuum and, and be impartial. But you know, I was thirteen when when Jeter won. You know, that first World Series.
1: So it's it's tough for me. You know, I for me, Jeter was worth you know three times the amount of money. didn't, didn't make a difference. I actually think you know? that I actually think that if. A Rod never opted out. That might have been the best ten-year contract anybody might have signed. I mean, if he didn't opt out and sign the uh, the second one, the second one was horrible. Uh,
2: uh, the second, yeah, the second ten-year contract was
1: was horrible. the Yankees had no business giving him that ten-year contract. But the first one he signed with Texas, you know, I mean, as fans, we could only speculate. But
0: the way, the way, I mean, I, I me personally, I think Brian Cashman could do no wrong as a Yankee fan. You know, I believe in my heart that Brian Cashman did not want Burnett, did not want. And did not want A Rod after he opted out. I think he went to A Rod and said, "We'll add on to this contract. But if you opt out, and now we have to pay Texas money, you're walking." And ownership stepped in and said, "You're not getting rid of the second field seats." That's what I believe in my heart. Could it be completely made up? Possibly. But the way Cashman makes the moves that he does make, just go completely in the opposite direction of that. A Rod opted out. left Texas talk. I think it was fifty million or sixty million and then we gave him another, whatever, 275, whatever was on top of it, was just mind-bending. mind just yeah. every. It's like the opposite
2: of every other move Cashman's made. Yeah, cool. you're right. That's a good point.
1: Are, were you in the um, the Machado camp to come here, or were you the one to say, keep him away, keep Anduhar? I don't like, like I said,
0: to me, the guaranteed contract, uh, you know, I can try to step into the players' standpoint where set up your family for three generations, four generations with that kind of money. I understand that. But as far as a fan's perspective, I'd rather it's rookies all still trying to make that money. I mean, you know, a guy like Andujar has big incentives to try to become an Adrian Beltran. Whereas a Machado coming to the Yankees, a lot of pressure, a lot of, you know, a lot of guaranteed money. So at what point does he say when he's hitting 270, you know, you know what, screw you, I'm getting paid. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. no, no. It's human
0: nature. It's human nature. It's not like I, I'm not, never would say I'm above it. We've only seen certain players be able to, 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 um, to go through it. And Jeter was one of them. You know, and and where it was like almost like the money was secondary, but you know, it's hard to say that when when you know I'm not going to say that I would be that good. What I can say, like, give me 300 million, but still, my number one focus is, big. you know, it, it, it kind of it's like a it's a tough thing. Yeah,
2: no, definitely. You got you got you got to always remember that they are humans too. That they, you know, it's hard to, to not think about that fucking money. Like you said, you could set up generations of your family with that. And that's just that's crazy.
1: <laughs> you know, I think the Yankees are better off without Machado, and I think that with I, you know, oh yeah, I love I
2: love Andujar.
1: You know, I think the it, between the two of them, Harper made the most sense, even though that we have no room in the outfield. But I think yeah, if, but Harper would have made, made room the most for sense. Him. Well, yeah, but I think Harper made the most sense out of the two of them because you need a left-handed bat. Right. We're all right-handed.
0: We've said this, but what's the what's? The, see Cashman, in my eyes, is looking at it best best player available. You know, first. Then price versus production second, and I think that's also why he got Stanton because he he figured Stanton locked up the way he was, whereas contracts are only getting bigger. You know, if he produces the way he produced that year, where he you know won the MVP, you know he was he was a deal compared to what these guys are getting. Well, hundred you know, yeah, percent. I mean, you know, so I, I do think that I like Har. I would like to trade Har for the starting pitcher that we're going to need to win a World Series at some point. Because really? my hope, my hope is that. Tula Whiskey works out at a bargain basement price. D.D. Mm. comes back, you push Tula to third. Trade Angel offers some, you know, for, for not a, a, a J.A. Hack type, but a Bumgardner, you know, ish type. I mean, you know, I'm a big Bumgardner fan because I was a pitcher my whole life, and I love guys who can pitch and not just throw. So mm. when, I go, when I watch a guy who throws 100 miles an hour but can't pitch, you know, I want to turn the TV off. But when I watch a guy who can't who can only throw low 90s like you know Pettit those yes watching Pettit pitch was like watching paint dry it was ball one strike one foul ball ball two you know every but you know what he never gave you anything to center everything was off a little bit up a little bit down a little bit it was never you know that's why you know watching those guys like watching an artist paint and watching you know uh, 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 these guys throw dude who can't pitch is like watching a a, a, a car drive real fast into a brick wall because remember Michael Pineda? I mean, you know yeah, the yeah. guy. You watch him, and you just say, "Jesus, give me that talent, and, I, and what I can do with it." Yeah. He could. You never saw a guy go 0-1, oh, 0-2, oh, and then that would be you know eleven pitches. you be like, what the? F-, you know, get the guy out. You <laughs> yeah. got the stuff. You know, right. Don't be afraid of it. So You're for right. me, Andrew R i is, is. I want to see him play a little bit better defense, and I want to absolutely cream somebody for him. So he, you, the, I want that. I want that best. I want the, whatever best pitcher. There is on the market I want for Anduar. That's the way I look at Andrew. But I'm also fine with him at third base. I was going to say, I can so go either way with that.
2: You've got, you, you've got the, um, you're looking at him as a, as a immediate trade piece to, for us making a push now. Where, instead of, I can't of, imagine of, a
0: more valuable chip. I mean, you know what I mean? He's, a, no, he's you, controllable for a couple more years. He, yeah, definitely. You know, he's, he's a pure hitter. Definitely. You know, I mean, uh, the defense thing, I think it's why he hasn't been moved already. I think that teams, aren't gonna give you that top notch pitcher for a guy who they think has to DH. Yeah. Because you can always find a guy that hit Right. You know, as far as finding a guy that can do both, that's why for me, in my heart, I was praying for Arenado. I said to myself, Oof. Oh they're, yeah. they're playing they playing coy. You know, we're gonna Arenado's ours next year. Yeah and then the Rockies and then they you know, up. did that what they did so
2: deal of deal know, of it, 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 the it. uh off season, in my opinion. The Rockies were yeah, like, a smart move for them.
0: If you look at Cashman's track record over the last twenty something years do you think we were going to get Arenado if he was a free agent?
1: Hundred percent.
0: I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure about that. You know, he. It, it seems like it seems like uh, Cashman is like the the logical thinker, and he just he wants the bargain guys. He doesn't seem like he's the guy who just wants to throw money at the problem. I mean, I'll, I'll go to my grave thinking that he had nothing to do with that. Ellsbury's contract.
1: <laughs> I think you've seen. I, mean, I, wait, I think. I think you heard me go off oh, about Ellsbury. Yeah,
2: let's let's get his opinion. So I asked. Uh, I asked Puma one episode. Who was the worst who was a worse contract for the Yankees? Was it Ellsbury or Pavano?
0: Well Pavano only costs forty million. And you know like you know like when you eat popcorn and you get like that shell of popcorn like <laughs> in your throat yeah. and you just can't get it out? <laughs> and it just like it's just you just Everything you do You can get you That's That's Jacoby work. <laughs> I worst. absolutely hate Hate <laughs> Everything about that man As far as a baseball player As human being Maybe a great dad manager. I don't know what he is Or what he isn't But as far as a baseball player uh, To be player, honest I don't I give mean, a
2: shit If he's a good dad or not I don't give a fuck
0: Yeah well I was mean, just saying You know I don't want to say I hate the guy I mean baseball yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean hey, I, don't, you,
2: I don't wish all on the guys the, the baseball you know player I mean? The baseball but, player Yeah
0: he, it almost seems like he signed that contract, you know, and just was like, eh, just like I was saying. Yeah. These guys don't have the heart for it. And if you remember as a Red Sox, as a Red Sox, when Justin Bajoya called uh. him out for faking injuries, yeah. you know, and, and being that way, and then we had them 100 and 120 guaranteed?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, come on. You didn't even need them.
2: I know.
1: That was the Robinson Cano summer, too, when we I signed know,
0: him. But I also didn't really want to give Cano $300 million
2: either. I was fine with letting him walk. I, 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 really, I, really I was, uh, agree. I liked Cano. I really did. But yeah, too much, and, and look what look what's happened to him. I mean, has he really blossomed into into that kind of player? I wouldn't say so. No. You no, know? I mean the guy. Listen, the guy can hit, and, and, you know, and, and the guy can
0: hit. I mean, yeah. bottom line, wake him up, wake him up out of bed, and, and you know, give him a bat
2: and, and Yeah, but would you would, know, you, would never, you consider him, him Would you consider him like a, a an above average fielder? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, he was. You know, I mean, listen, he also above he was the guys that made it, almost made it look better. You know, he made it look better than it was. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, I mean, in his prime, I think it was a, I think it was above average, okay. you because know, he had the cannon arm, which allows a guy at second base, especially, to bobble a little bit and still get the guy out. But I mean, you when you hand a lazy player, a guy who you deemed lazy, yeah, a guaranteed three hundred million dollar contract, right. and then you get what, what you got
2: with Cano, who's who's playing. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that was always my thing with Cano is that even when he made the plays that he had to make, even the plays that you didn't think he would make. He just looked like he was kind of like dogging it.
1: He looked; it was like methodical with him. He was very slow, and methodical. Yeah, I don't even
2: think methodical because methodical implies that you're you're thinking about it. It's just like yeah, going through the motions for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was because he's so talented, but he just didn't show it. I don't know. So that
0: we all listen. We all played with that guy who used to come to pick up basketball games, the matching socks and the matching sneakers and the matching T-shirt and you know the Nike bag and you know the and and it just had looking good was more important than being good, and that was just kind of the way I saw him, where, you know, he, he didn't mind, you know, just, you know,
2: not, I don't want to say he was lazy, just he just had to always try to make it look good. Otherwise, you know, he wasn't, didn't really care. Gotcha. I gotcha. So, um, fuck, man, what was I going to say? Some Something baseball related.
1: I don't know, you tell me. I don't know. I don't know. You know, just just to circle back around with, with everything, with Cano, and with the contracts the Yankees have signed, you know, it's, it's the fact of the matter that, Cashman is in, is, inve- I think Cashman is invested in what he's built. And with, yeah, you know, that's a great, yeah. I think that, you know, if you look at the, if the Yankees did re-sign Cano and didn't get Ellsbury, maybe we don't have Glaber. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen that put us in the situation that we're in. And I think that Machado, if they, cause they were, that was the team that, you know, that's the player that we were linked to out of the two mostly. It was, it wasn't our our guy. It was this random guy who was coming in with all this baggage and I don't think Cashman was really turned on to that. Even though I think if well, I think that if the Yankees would have offered eight years two seventy five, he would have came. I mean at any point
0: in his off season, did you question why, you know, the Chapman getting what? Twelve million? 12, something like
1: that. Five years, I mean, eighty million years. he signed.
0: So he got um, do the math to me. What what is that? Fourteen? No. Uh sixteen. <laughs> sixteen, okay. He's getting 16. Then you got the in arbitration. He's not getting that much. They signed Britain. Britain's getting eight. Adovino's getting seven. Then you got Shane Green. Then, you know, to me, Cashman says to himself, all right, I'll keep signing these relievers for 70 million $8 a year. What do I care? We we got Claibor Torres for Chapman. Yeah. Somebody's going to need a closer at some point. So if the Yankees have a bunch of injuries or don't have, or don't have the year that they have, I think Cashman's thinking, all right, fine. I got three closers on my roster. What are you going to give me? Glaber, uh, you know, I you, you never know what these guys look like until they come up. But to me, Glaber looks like you know an all star. You know, oh, yeah. just in the waiting. Yeah, I mean, you know,
2: absolutely. It, it,
0: it you know, it doesn't look like he's just you know a, a one shot wonder. No way. You know, he looks like he's going to just continue doing what he did last year for the next 10th. So I mean, you have a two month rental. Yeah. I, you know, I, I see him signing all these relievers, thinking, all right, fine, we have a bad year. I'll just keep building
1: with 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 these guys. Yeah, and eventually these guys are going to have to get paid too. So, right. you know, I I can see Judge is going is up soon Sanchez. Yeah, but they're going to
2: they're going to keep Judge. Judge is I
1: think Judge's is, Judge's is the next captain I mean, in my gotta, opinion.
2: In my in my opinion, I think they need to keep those those core guys. Like like Puma said before, he Cashman's really invested in what he's doing, and to me, I mean, you guys are definitely more in the in, like you look more in depth into baseball in, in general, and you guys remember way more shit than I do, but... To it's, me, in our, it's in our blood. To me, I just always remembered the Yankees going after these big-name guys a little bit too late in their prime.
0: Oh, 100%. Right? They okay. Did, well, that, that was Steinbrenner's signature move. Exactly. And the so, only time the Yankees got there, he tried to trade Pettit. He tried to trade... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I mean, tried no, no, to trade No, no, no. Go ahead, guys. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, originally, and because he was out of baseball at the time, he was basically forced and it was Stick Michaels at the time that kept all those guys yeah. and that's how that dynasty was built but right. you know it was the Cashman moves the Scott Brocious the you know the, the little tweak moves right. You know, and I'm not going to give Cashman all the credit you know he wasn't even the GM in those early years he was the assistant you know but it was always those little tweak moves and whether they were his moves or moves that he learned from Either way, like, I mean, obviously you can see my Brian Cashman worship is big. Is, is
1: <laughs>
0: I don't even, even the mistakes, I blame ownership. I don't even, he gets all the credit in my eyes and none of the blame. You know, I, I'll be completely honest. When it comes to Cashman, because as a Yankee fan, just like you said, watching us get all those old guys in the later ends of their careers was like, oh, again, you just knew this guy wasn't going to come to the Yankees and produce. You just knew it. You just knew it that Knobloch's 3, 340 average was going to turn into 270. You know, it just happened like one after another, after another. You know, so I, I couldn't. For me, I love the young guys. I love, like you said, and uh, James, just like you said, you gotta. You're not to sign Judge. They're not. I mean, Yankees don't lose their guys. If they, if you're young and you you stay, and they want you, you, they're gonna give you whatever you cost. So, Judge is a Yankee for life. So that's part of the reason why you know when you look at a Harper. You know, he wants $30 million a year, $25 million a year. You know, you got to judge a couple of years now, you're going to, have to give, give him the same money. you got Stan locked up for that money. You know, could you really, could any team afford to give a $100 million outfield?
1: I don't I don't see any other team really doing that.
0: And, and, but is it even really necessary to win? I mean, that's why when guys guys complain about the Aaron Hicks, I don't know, how do you guys really ask me this? Yeah. I know I kind of show my hand a little bit. How do you feel
1: about the Aaron Hicks? I like it. I think it's. I think it's a good. It's a decent contract. They're not overpaying. I mean, they're paying the guy $10 million, 10 million a year.
0: How many, how uh, many, we'll years, con- how many years? We'll you congratulate him? each other then, because I agree. I, I don't understand guys that are complaining about a seventy million dollar contract for a guy who's basically a Gold Glove center fielder with a cannon arm, who's a switch hitter and a yeah. completely righty-handed lineup, and basically they need everybody to hit three thirty and hit forty home runs. tough. No. Right.
1: No. And you know what? How, how, how many? How many years is it? Seven.
2: Seven. Okay, and it
1: kicks in next year because he just signed like an arbitration yeah, contract. So
2: yeah, it's, it, I think it's a I think it's a great deal.
1: You know, and if you think about, it if you look at the news too, Cashman's trying to lock up all these guys. He's talking to these. They want to try to lock up Didi. They're going to try to lock up Batanzas He's now, wait, locking so, up these so guys. He,
2: he wants to lock up Didi.
1: Yeah, he wants to lock up Didi. All right. You know, the only question mark. What'd you say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, only question mark. Go ahead. I was gonna. What I was gonna say was, I think the only question mark this team really has outside of the rotation is f- at first base.
2: Yeah. I was I was just gonna bring that up,
1: you know. And well, goals? What, what better situation could they have? They got two guys, one righty,
0: one lefty, both with the you know guns to their heads, career wise, to try to make their you know. To me, that's what you want. I Greg Bird was handed the position every single year, and I feel like that's why. I mean, remember he made that dumbass comment last year when he was like, "Well, I got you know another thousand ahead of me." Well, no, you know, maybe you don't, buddy. You know, maybe you don't have another thousand and five ahead of you. You know, everyone I mean, I understand it's tough. The media gets on you, but he made that comment all you know, I got another thousand that back ahead of me. And then Luke Boyd came into the picture and now it didn't look like you have another. Now you're fighting for your after spot. But yeah. so for me, competition, you know, for guys not on the not still making five hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, to be to make five hundred thousand dollars a year and be a Yankee is like a loss. You, you 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 can't you can't act like a Yankee making that kind of money living in New York City. You
1: you just can't. No. Yeah, so
0: to me, I like the fact that you know, completely sewn up and that these guys going to have to fight and claw and even even if whoever wins the roster spot over the next couple of months has got the other guy looking over his shoulder you know, going say, go ahead, go go, go one for 30 and see what happens. Yeah. You know, to me, I, I like that
2: kind of stuff. I mean, I think, I think Greg Bird, Greg Bird, I almost called him some Greg Bird, whatever the fuck I did. <laughs> um, Call him whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I think he's, I think he's also gotten a little uh, short end of the stick, I guess. He has been hurt, but, yes. I, I mean, he's been, like, we, 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 when was this, like, last episode, two episodes ago, we said this, that he comes into the preseason fucking on fire, right? Or spring training, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, that spring where he hit eight homers.
2: Yeah, and, and, then he, and then he shits the bed, and then when he does come back, he's not doing shit. Um, so, but just, just, he, just tell
0: me, Yeah. Uh, Vinny, don't tell me that you're one of those guys that nobody should lose their job to injure no, 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 no. Because no, no. being on the field is right. half the battle.
2: Yeah, of course. No, no, no. I, I I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, it's not like, it's not like. I, I, I'm just waiting to see. We, I feel like we need to see more of him because he. How many years has it been? With yeah, him? but We're the kid, the guy
1: hit the guy who was hit on the was hitting almost under the Mendoza line. You saw enough of him. You know, you can't Damn, just. We
2: don't. I don't know. Let me put on my Brian
1: Cashman jersey for a second. Okay. I think it's been on this, on this entire phone call. <laughs> yeah, pretty
0: much.
2: Pretty much. <laughs>
1: I,
0: I, won't, I won't deny it. I won't deny it. The only reason Greg Bird is even in the mix for this job, as far as I'm concerned, is because he's left-handed. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. I mean, they don't. They are basically just saying, "All right, we'll give you another shot
2: because they're desperate for a lefty." I don't know, man. I don't know. If the, I don't know if I would say that if he was right-handed that they they, they would just be all in on Luke Voit.
1: I think, well, I think to jump on what Kenny just said, he's left-handed and he's homegrown. So they kind of feel like they're obligated to give him an, a, a second look, or fourth, fifth I'm chance. I'm not
2: saying give the guy fucking four more years to fucking look at him. I, I think, like you said, Kenny, this is this is it. This is the last year he's got to prove himself. And if he can't make it onto the field, then he's fucked. Then, then just move on from him, right? But I, I just don't think we can judge him overall based on his... See, his last few seasons, just because of whether it was the injuries or the lack of performance in total. Uh I think this ben, season's
0: the ultimate he He's also had moments where he's looked he's looked excellent. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, absolutely like that, that swing that swing is, is is beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, and, and Yankee Stadium, you know, in a healthy a healthy and a good year, I yes. mean it's scary to think of what he could do. So I yes. with you. I'm not saying shit can him. I'm not. But I like the fact that he didn't come in this year he was the Yankees first
2: I I agree, thousand percent. I think it's good. It's good, healthy competition. It might fucking light a fire under his ass or give him more v- motivation to kind of do what he's got to do to get hurt because I mean, stay stay healthy. Because like, what I talked about a couple episodes ago with the fucking Mets seems like every every year the Mets are losing half their roster to the fucking some kind of injuries. And I don't know if this is trainer doing a terrible job. Maybe don't he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Or these guys just don't care about keeping their bodies in tip top shape. But it's hard for me to believe that pro athletes who have the best training, the best nutrition, the best everything are uh suffering injury after injury after injury with the same fucking team. Do you know what I mean?
0: That training the training thing, that 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 bothers me every time someone says it. Because the Mets want a bargain basement and sign you know, they, they want to sign Jay Bruce. And say, "Oh, I can't believe you hurt his back. You signed, a, you signed a
1: guy
0: with a bad back. You know, you, you know. You, 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 oh, I can't believe you hurt his back. You signed, you know. You, so I agree because the injuries were ridiculous, and it was like
2: that year where like everybody's hamstring was going. Exactly. I
0: mean, it could be, it could definitely
2: be it. Dude, you the know, pitchers I, I, I were throw, throwing out their arms. Everyone's hamstrings were fucking popping. A
1: yeah. couple of years ago, Syndergaard, 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 didn't refuse to go into an MRI tube, yeah, and the next right. start he tore his lat off his bone.
2: Yeah, I mean, what are you, what are you doing, like?" If you're if you're on the training staff, you're the fucking manager, the coach. Someone's got to say fucking something. You at the end of the day, yeah, you right. have the ultimate say. That guy's under your uh, you know. I hate to uh, stoop them to this level, but they're contractually obligated to you, <laughs> so you can say <laughs> no. You know what? You're gonna fucking sit for the next few weeks to give yourself a rest. I don't give a shit if you like it or yeah. not.
0: But and then there was the year where they told him not to lift, and he lifted, and then he got hurt. I yeah. mean, you know. It, I agree with you, but see, it's the rock and the hard place for baseball. Where you got these making five hundred thousand a year, or you know, maybe still in arbitration years, where they're looking out for their best interest. I mean, Harvey was another perfect example. I mean, he was obviously a little bit of a head case, but Harvey, you know, oh, try right? you know, Harvey, Harvey gets a lot of shit for a guy who went against his agents, do you know, saying don't do this, just to try to get the Mets over the top to win the World Series, you know. So it's it's definitely a rock and the hard place. The fans want you to. You know, give your life to the game, and you know. But a guy like Matt Harvey, who is looking at a, a possible hundred million dollar contract, is going to say, you know, put yourself in my shoes. Yeah. Are you going to give away that money, you know, for for a couple extra innings? Yeah. You know, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, Mets fans we're, were a little. I mean, Harvey obviously acted like an asshole in, in a lot of different ways, but in, in reality, when it push came to shove, and you need them to pitch,
2: he pitched. Yeah. He did. How do you feel about Harvey, Puma?
1: I think that Harvey's a prima. I thought he was a little bit of a prima donna in the sense of like how he handled how he handled himself off the field, but I think on the field he gave the Mets everything he had. I think that he gave them like Kenneth Kenny just said against his agent's wishes he went over his innings limit. He went out for that extra inning in the World Series, you know, and he did everything he needed to do to get them over the top. And he doesn't get looked at the right way. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, he can't stay healthy either. He ran into some bad luck with that. He had um. The, the thoracic whatever syndrome, oh, yeah. whatever it's called, he had that. You know, he had arm. Probably had the UCL injury. He had Tommy John. I mean, you know, it, it, we're talking about injuries. We're talking about Greg Bird, and now we're talking about the Mets. Injuries are a part of the game. And yeah, yeah. the one thing yeah, the absolutely. Yankees have that is good is depth. They have depth. You know, they have depth in in their farm system to cover Severino for a couple of starts. I don't think Severino is going to be out that long. I hope he's not out that long. But they have Loizica, they have Sessa to cover a couple of starts, um, you know. I just, like, uh, but about, uh, Chance Adams. they have Chance oh, Adams. But day, but I think that you know, I am a little I I I'm, when it comes to Andujar and trading Andujar, I'm okay with trading Andujar, but I don't want to trade him for a pitcher that we're gonna lose in a year or a pitcher that's right. uncontrolled. I, mean, I want I want a controlled I want, pitcher like, back. Uh, like a Michael Fulmer, a Michael Fulmer or a um, Blake Schnell. Schnell,
2: that's who I want. I want Schnell.
1: Because you know Tampa Bay can't pay Snell. They're not going to be able to pay Snell. He's going to get traded eventually, too. Just look at Archer. Snell no. <laughs> <laughs> they got to have some pride, though. They can't trade off Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> they got to have a little bit of pride. You know what, man? Money talks, bro. We've been saying money fucking trumps all. You give him the right price. You know what? Yeah, sure. Go join the fucking Yankees. If if the if the Red Sox can exchange players with the Yankees, I think the fucking
1: race. Man. I don't even know the last time the Yankees and Red Sox made a trade.
2: I'm no, I'm just saying, all right, maybe not a trade.
1: You know, you they, know what makes the most?
2: They would have to trade for
1: Snow. What makes the most? What makes the most sense? And it's crazy to think about this, but the best trade partner the Yankees might have is the Mets because they have young pitching, controllable pitching, good pitching, and the Mets need players. <laughs> they need. The need people. They need people. You know, you got you know Frazier at third base, who's you know on he the older hurt. side. He, he was hurt He's hurt it. now too. You know when you say that, you know I know it was a joke, but Sandy Alderson came out and said that they had Brandon Nimmo over the fact they couldn't get John Carlo. It's a little asinine, if you ask me. You know, but I, I had a cheat. I had to look
0: it up. Last the last Red Sox Yankee streak was when, when was it? Oh, well, two thousand fourteen.
1: Ooh,
0: was just on the borderline of a blockbuster. We <laughs> traded. The red Sox of Stephen Drew, and
2: he coughed up Kelly Johnson. Oh, yeah,
0: that's mm. right. Oh, God. Oh, I don't God. even know half of these plays. I mean, the only real substantial, it was
1: 2014, 97, 94, 86, 72. Wow. <laughs> and, then, the and then the biggest deal of all time, Babe Ruth. Yeah, well, we burned him in 72,
0: which also hurt me. They gave us Sparky Lyle. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the. the guys, I never
0: even heard of Miguel
1: Guerrero. So I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at since you looked up the um the Red Sox I looked up the Mets the last trade the the Mets and Yankees made was actually in 2018 they traded um this kid named Coleman and the Yankees got Mazzilli's kid. Oh that's right yeah but that was that was a hey do me a favor trade. And. <laughs> hey do me a favor trade. Two, hey, <laughs> two two, two <laughs> thousand four the Mets traded Mike Stanton to the Yankees for Felix Heredia. Um, the Yankees traded for Armando Benitez in 03. Oh, my God. Oh, they got us there. And then 2001, the Yankees traded David Justice to the Mets for Robin Ventura. Yeah, I remember that. 93, yeah, 92. So basically, we got a better chance of making a trade with them than we do the Red Sox, which I guess kind of makes sense. Well, I I think so too, but like I, like I just said, you know, I think that if you look at what the Mets need and what the Yankees need, they're a perfect fit. Well, in order to not make this a Yankee show
0: you know I mean I, what about this situation that the that the Met with this whole Jacob DeGrom former agent now being the GM
1: Ooh.
0: I mean that's gotta be a real I mean last year he's telling DeGrom you gotta get every dollar you get you gotta get every dollar you get now he's got it on the other side of the table saying well you know you should take this you should take this you know so it's gotta be a weird a weird situation I mean I don't even know how that's playing out
2: Yeah, no, is, that, I mean. is that a uh, conflict of interest you know you former agent, now the GM of the team.
1: You know, a guy you trusted with your future is now sitting on the other side of the table asking you to take less money.
2: Has your future? I, mean, in I read something that he, you know, left himself out of the. But he's a fucking
1: general manager. How do you do that? Uh, I don't. You, know, I mean, I, I, you can't. I mean, you know, it's just it's an, it's an interesting thing. You know, it really
0: it's a it's a weird thing. I mean, the Mets always have to do these things that just seem like what the hell are you doing? You know, I mean, I, I just the Brody Van wagon thing. It looks good. Part of me
1: just says, "Ah, the Mets did it." It's got to, not going to work out. You know, I mean, if you and if you also think, you know, the, you know, if, even if you look at the Mets again with with not getting um, the the, Mar, the the kid from the Marlins and he ending, having him end up in Philly, you know, I well, mean, the Phillies got robbed in that deal. The Phillies are another one. The Phillies, the Phillies got
0: got taken. I mean, the, the prospect that they gave up Sixto Sanchez is one of the one of the top pitching prospects in baseball.
1: I mean, you know, it, for the Marlins, finally made one good deal. Finally, <laughs> Jeter finally got it right. Yeah, you ain't get I mean, Yelich couldn't
0: have made them look any worse last year, especially with a uh, Brinton. Uh, oh wound up hitting about you know buck eighty. Yeah. You know, and and Yelich winning, he won the MVP. Yelich, right? Yes, yeah,
1: yes, he did. And yes, he, did. Was, and he,
0: was, and he was basically almost a triple crown winner. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, every trade so far has blown up. I mean, they gave Stanton away. You know, so it was nice to uh, the, and it was the nice to ordered... actually to win one, but. But I don't. I don't fault the Mets on on Real Muto. You know I don't. Even though you know letting him go to the Phillies sometimes you know is
1: worth it to pay more. Though I let them go within the division. But well, that was the thing though. If, know, the, if the if the Mets would have gotten Rio Muto, that would have meant that was we were the third team. The Yankees were the third team in that trade. We would have gotten this. I think it, what was it? Syndergaard. Syndergaard would have been a Yankee, and we would have given up. Andrew oh, you Hart. Mean that. Oh, I like that. That's wait, wait, wait. that was you the trade, proposed
2: trade. The trade was. We get rid of Anduhar, we get Syndergaard, and Anduhar goes where? The Mets. And and uh, hey, who, who do the Marlins get?
1: I think the Marlins would have got somebody from the Mets. You know, it was like a it was just like a rumor. That did like the actual names of the prospects and stuff didn't come out. But Syndergaard, there was a picture of Syndergaard in the paper in a Yankee uniform. I would've rolled those dice, but you are not gonna tell me every Mets fan a little bit nervous about Syndergaard. Oh, he can't. I mean, if you look at it, he, yeah, of he can't stay healthy either.
2: He's another one, yeah.
1: You know, I mean, when you're throwing your slider 92 miles an hour, something's going to pop eventually. You know, I mean, it's 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 crazy to to think about what could have happened and what could have been. But you know, I back to what you said about the Yankees being one pitcher away. I think they're if to win a World Series this year, I think they're one pitcher away. But with the bullpen we have, the game if the, all the starters have to give us is five innings. Yeah. Realistically. Yep.
2: I mean, that's a beautiful Remember thing. Remember when the Royals, the Royals won that World
0: Series and it was like, well, the model is bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. The last two,
1: I was going to curse real hard, I held back. <laughs> World Series winners,
0: the goddamn mother Houston Astros with Brad Peacock and whatever shit that they threw at us out of their bullpen, Giles. Oh God! And then the Red Sox last year, who just decided, "Hey, Nate Evaldi. By the way, you're a reliever now." Yeah. You know, like so. It, it's funny how it's you know back and forth. Where it was like, "All oh, the Royals got to win with a big bullpen," and then all of a sudden, the next two World Series winners, every team's like bullpen, bullpen. Yeah. we well, didn't even start the game with a bullpen guy, yeah. and then all of a sudden, the next two World Series winners are just like, "All right, listen, stack your rotation, and then come playoff time, you,
2: you, and you, you're in the bullpen."
1: Yeah,
0: it's so a good I, You it's know, a good I don't think it, I think it works both ways. I think
1: I think both ways can win. You know, I just I'm just nervous about, you know, I, like you said, I don't want to make this a Yankee-centric show, but at the same time, you know, we're we're talking about the Yankees and we're talking about what 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 they need and everything. You know, I love the I think the the Lemayhu sign signing is going to go under the radar because he is a contact type of guy. I, yeah, I love that signing and a utility guy. And well, yeah, but he's a Gold Glove caliber infielder and. He's a guy that puts the ball in play, and we got burned last year because we couldn't put the ball in play to save our lives.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say that I think the trend more is, thankfully, with all you know, Puma's favorite stats of uh, exit of velo and a launch angle, you know, breaking out the protractors during your swing. Hopefully, that's going that's going that's fading out now because the Astros and the Red Sox both get it done with with contact and hitting.
1: I mean, Altuve is one of the Altuve. best con- is I mean, one of the yeah, best contact exactly. hitters in the game.
2: But I mean, look at all- Correa, uh, Bregman. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else they got over there? Um, who- who's the guy? Oh, he's not on the team anymore. Uh,
1: Marwin Gonzalez. Marvin Gonzalez. But Kenny could speak to this, allude this better because when we when with that dynasty, he was older and could actually enjoy that, even though I was on the younger side. But,
2: I mean, I, I saw. I, I was watching Yankees classic. Like, I mean,
1: this is a. But he, a whole, but you know, he could season. tell you the Yankee that Yankee team just grinded yeah. out at bats. Yeah. Kenny, am I wrong?
0: No, there was, listen, the, the, those lineups, the, the key to those Yankee lineups was there were no holes. You know what I mean? It was, it was every guy, it was almost like every guy was exactly equal. You know, you had the Ruben Sierras and the guy that could strike out in the middle of the lineups, you know what I mean? But when you got to the Paul O'Neils, Tito Martinez's, and you finally, and you got them out, and then you got to the end of the lineup, and there was still, you know, Scott Brocious, who was hitting 280, you know, driving in 90 freaking runs at the end of the lineup. You know, it almost seemed like it was, everybody was equal. Whereas, you know, as one guy would have the good season and the next year, you know, Bernie Williams had the good year and then it almost like rope team. It, it was, it was a strange, it was a strange team because you just, you rooted for everybody, you loved everybody, you just, you know, one day you were the hero, the next day he was the hero. It was, it, it was just, it was just different, you know, it was just, it was a different era, like you said. I mean, the contact was, everything was, everybody was a 280, seemed like everybody was a 280 hitter with, uh, with 20 home runs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it was just whoever's turn it was to win the game that that, that week. I mean, the 90, the ninety eight season was. I mean, it was a joke. I mean, it actually bored you. I mean, I remember that
1: year like not watching. You, you just knew they were going to win. <laughs> no, the most the most exciting the most exciting game was what was game was game one. Well, what did we lose one game in the playoffs that year? No, I think we lost. No, we lost two. No, we, lost two. we lost two. I think we were down we two, two to Indians. Right. You know what? I think we were behind in that Indian series. Now that I think about it, we were down two games to one. That was the Correct. that was. That was the series not blocked, let that ball roll up roll up the first baseline game two. Correct, correct, correct. So we lost those two games and that was in the, the playoffs. We went 125 and 50. It was, it, you know, that team was just, that team was just, yeah, was just
0: Those teams were stupid. I mean, it really, it really was. It, it was just crazy. I mean, you can't even compare the way these teams get built nowadays, but just like you said, watching the Red Sox last year when Mookie Betts came up and J.D. Martinez it seemed like you couldn't get J.D. Martinez out last year. <laughs> and and he just fouled everything off. You know, you just couldn't put him away. Yep. You know, it was like it was scary every time he came up to the plate. You know, you, you, we have guys who put fear in your heart, but you know, a guy like Judge, you know, yeah, as a Yankee fan, it comes up and you're like, all right, he's either going to hit it a ton, or there's a strong possibility, you know, he looks bad on three straight pitches. Yep. You know. You know. I mean, and and I don't think there's a bigger Judge fan, you know, than me. Obviously, you know, I just as a dialogue Yankee fan can can't knock the guy at all. I mean, he's got MVPs in his future. He's not that kind of hitter. You know what I mean, but maybe JD Martinez wasn't that kind of hitter when he was, you know, Judge's age either. So let's see if Judge makes, it, you know, he so far has made the adjustments to make himself better and better. You know, let's just see if and pray that he
2: keeps going that way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank
1: you. We yeah. were talking, we were talking about Judge's swing in the last episode. We we're made, talking about he's
2: made adjustments every fucking year, and they. I saw, I saw something on ESPN the other day. How? Well, I don't know if you saw. He hit a, he hit an oppo uh, like last week. And they were analyzing his swing, and they said that now his, his what do I say his stance is wider, and his, he's, and he's not, closed. He's not stepping really forward. He's kind of just like lifting his foot to keep the timing, but he's not stepping, and that's helping him to hit the breaking ball. That they were saying. So
1: well, the, the one of the biggest things too about Judge is that. When he first came up, even in the 2017 playoffs, that slider away was his kryptonite. He always swung over the top of it. He always waved at it. And now he's not. He's laying off of that pitch, and it's helping him get more pitches in the zone that he can handle. But, you know, baseball is a game of adjustments, and, you know, they, these players have to learn how to make adjustments and in-count, in-at-bats, and, you know, cut, to cut down on the strikeouts. I know, you know, Kenny alluded it too, and, you know, being the same thing, we're both, we were both pitchers. And, you know... We knew how to get guys out, but at the same time, you know the hitters got to make adjustments just like we do. And you can't fault the pitchers for putting hitters away if the hitters are failing to make adjustments. You know, it can't be home run a bust. What annoys, what annoys me, what annoys me when they complain about the strikeout, is no
0: credit goes to the pitcher. You don't have starters going past the sixth inning anymore, so you're not going to get that seventh inning guys worn down now, hung a curveball. You know, like if, if they bring in freaking relievers. You know, at any point in the game, you know, the, the way the pitching, the, the pitching had, there had to be a, a, an adjustment on the on the, on the the pitching side of the game. The way the hitting was, it was just getting out of control. Mm. So when, when guys complain about the shift and they complain about, you know, the starters not going six innings, I mean, what what choice did managers have when, when these guys are all hitting 40, 50 home runs, you know, every single year? Mm. You know, the, the game is shaped for hitting. So the pitching has to do something about it. I mean, you know, I, I love when guys say, oh, you know, they should outlaw the shift. Um, maybe they should outlaw guys who come up and are just pull-happy. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, as, a, as a coach, but see, uh, I mean, this is just like a, a full-circle argument because then, then I can yeah. go on the other side and say, well, you know, a guy gets $30 million if he hits 40, 50 home runs. So how are you going to blame the guys going up there and swinging for defenders? That's true. You yeah. know, so it's like, it, it, it's, it's a full-circle argument. I mean, I can you can almost make both sides of it, but in reality, when guys complain about
1: strike, strikeouts, all I ever say is, I come the pitcher it not get any credit? Yeah, you're right. You know, and now they're talking about moving the mound back. And now they're talking about moving the mound back. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that the last the,
0: on the last podcast about that. I mean, those Rinky dicky minor changes and stuff like that. I mean, that's all that's all gimmicks and and they they're just testing things out. I mean, I I know that you, with the point you were making about it being
1: ridiculous, but I don't think that has I don't think that has real legs. Like, I, ho- I, I, I hope I hope mean, it doesn't. Thing, the only part of that I hope it does is you know, where all of a sudden you
0: start acting like the get off my lawn guy <laughs> the DH. You really give a shit about watching Noah Syndergaard hit? No. You really no- need to see the three pitchers that can hit
1: actually hit? You really care about that? No, I don't care about that at all. I just like the strategic part of the game in the National League with the double switch and with, you know, moving the pitcher's stuff around and just, it's just a different type of game rather no, than. I don't give me that strategy with the National League
0: management it's so hard. <laughs> It's like I make a double switch from my toilet bowl. <laughs> it's not so complicated about letting the, the guy who actually knows how to hit hit in a better spot in the lineup than a guy who doesn't know how to hit. I don't see the strategy in that. You know, I mean, maybe I'm just a guy, but I just, I just don't see the. Oh, he made a double switch. He's a fucking genius. Oh yeah, he figured out that you know <laughs> this guy is going to come up next inning in a key spot. He should bat higher in the lineup. You know what I mean? I just don't. I just don't. I just don't prescribe to me how they don't have a. How the National League wins a World Series at all to me is a complete mystery because they're literally short a player. I mean, you know, the, the Yankees play the the Giants in the World Series, let's say, and the Yankees have Stanton at the DH, and the Giants are going to put, you know, um, Brandon Crawford at DH. I mean, it's ridiculous. Cause they just can't carry a player that isn't going to play for the whole season. That's you know, true. And so That's then when it comes time where the game really matters, now they're just short a player.
1: That's true. You're right. That's true. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. That
0: National League, DH, oh it's the, it's the way it always was. And, you know, there were a lot of things the way it always was that, you know, nobody wants to talk about. But, yeah, when it comes to this, it's like, oh, it's the way it was. Yeah, they also used to leave their gloves in the outfield, you know, in the 20s. <laughs> you know, where LeRoy fielder just dropped his glove on the floor and ran to the dugout. I mean, you know, things like the game evolved. The game changes. You know, they're at the point now where offense sells tickets. The, the, the players' union is nothing. I don't understand how the players' union lets them
2: get away with this. That's another guy making twenty million dollars a year. How is this not a tradition? I mean, I feel like real baseball fans are, are like I mean, especially your cousin over here, big purist and uh, traditionalist of the game. Like the, all those guys that say, "Oh no, we have to preserve the preserve the game." You know, it's 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 been around forever, and we need it. We need to keep it the way it was, but. I totally, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I actually understand what both of you are saying. I can't even make my, if I had to choose a side, I don't even know if I'd be able to choose a side, to be honest.
0: Well, James, let me let me ask you this. As yeah. a pitcher, you have the hardest job on the field. The catcher, let's say, has the second hardest job on the field. You have the hardest job on the field. Your whole focus is, all right, this guy last time, i threw him this, this, and he did this. And your whole thought process is to, the, to getting guys out. You really can win the game on the mound. At what point do you say to yourself, "All right, let me just watch the other pitcher and see what he's doing"? Because I'm going to have to have an approach when I get up, because I may get up with the in the most crucial spot of the game. To, you know, to, to and then the coach comes over and says, "Listen, you did a great job. You killing you killing yourself out there for us, but we got to take you out because we could possibly win the game if this guy if, if this guy gets up and hits a single." And to me, the pitcher should either there should be no DH, or and, and no, and the pitcher does not hit. The pitcher has too hard of a job. How much more do you want to put on the plate of the pitcher on
1: a game? Well, I mean, I haven't had a competitive at-bat since high school. So, <laughs> you know, being a pitcher, even in college, it was a DH. And, you know, I agree. You know, I mean, I think that I, – I I don't know. I think that it's – like Chen said, I, I it is what it is, and that's the game. And, you know, it's always been that I've, – I've never seen – you know, a National League park with a DH other than an All-Star game. So, you know, I've that's what I've grew, grown up with. You know, even talking with Uncle with you know with Uncle Kenny and my dad and having those conversations and Sal and you and, you know, it's where we all see the game and it, we all love the game, but we all see it in different ways. And it's amazing how baseball can be viewed so differently. And I, as a pitcher myself, I want to finish the game. I don't give a shit if I'm hitting, if, if that guy can that's win the, the game. Safe. It's my
0: game. I mean, I... I... I unfortunately got hurt in high school, so my pitching career didn't go any get any past get anywhere past that. But I remember on the games I pitched, because when I didn't pitch, I either played right field or first base. The games that I pitched, when I got up there, I basically was like sitting fastball and get me out of the batter's box as fast as possible because I got other shit to do. I gotta work. I gotta rest my arm. I gotta sit on the bench. I don't want to be standing on first base. I want to get back to the dugout. I want my coach to come over and tell me, all right this is working, this isn't working, this guy can do this, this guy can... I don't want to even be concerned with grabbing a bat, putting my battery gloves. I don't
1: want any of that. You know, you know, it's funny, you're talking about this, and some, a, a name just popped into my head. Ching Ming Wong. Running the bases, yeah. running the bases, and her, breaking his foot or whatever the hell happened and ruined his oh career. My God, and you then did even... To, what, did it to Tanaka last year with last year, right, with Tanaka? And then Tanaka, too. Tanaka pulled his hamstring running home. You know? I mean, I, this is the thing, though. And I, and I hate that the pitchers get this rap, that we're not athletes, you know, and and we can't run and we can't hit and we can't contribute in other ways outside of being on the mound, you know. And you know just as well as I do, you're an athlete too. We're athletes. Pitchers are athletes. And it gets lost in the shuffle because just because we can't hit. But like you said, the reason why we can't hit is because we're focused on our mechanics. We're focused on game planning. We're focused on bullpens. You know, focused on arm care. Like there's so many other things to worry about than stepping up to the plate pre- in, in, during your start, when you're worrying about the next inning and who's coming up.
0: Well, Jay, you mentioned Jacob Degrom before. Well, we, actually, I think I mentioned him, but we were talking about him. He throws righty, back lefty. Has no contract. Is is 30 30 years old? I think this year. I think and next year. I think he's free He'll be 31. And now he's got to get up, and if. You know the uh, Aaron Nola loses control of a fastball and cracks his elbow. He, you know, his season's over. And for what? For, because I needed him to, you know, hit two hundred. And, and then everyone, then the pitcher hits a home run, and you watch in the MLB like, oh, look at the pitcher in a home run. It's like uh, it's like watching you know your, your kid take a shit for the first time. Like, oh great, okay. <laughs> I don't care if the pitcher hit a home run. You I know, remember Stanton hit one four hundred and eighty feet. I don't want to see the pitcher get up and walk one over the field wall. I'm, and everyone's laughing, you know, cologne to the home run. It was a big joke. You know, cologne to the home run. Great.
1: Who cares? You know, I, 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 you know, it's nice to see another side of the, another side of the coin. You know, and I just think that the reason why I brought up the DH in the first place was because they were comparing moving the mound back as this new sexy rule, just like edit when they added the I DH. Saw that. I saw
0: that. That went in one ear and out the other. When I read it, I said to myself, "That's that's a joke." That's it's my that, it's hard enough to do this.
1: that was my point. That was really why I brought it up because I think it was asinine for that they were they were they were comparing the two. You know, I think that if they're going to make a change with the pitchers, they just lower the mound a couple inches. You know, it's ten inches right now. They lower it to seven. You know, that's the only
0: yeah, re- I mean, realistic so they thing they, they could do. Bob they yeah. did that for Bob Gibson in the 60s because Gibson was so unhittable. You know, I understand the push and pull of the rules because of the way the game is going. I understand that. And just like you said, that rule makes less sense. It's harder to be a pitcher, harder for them to stay healthy now than ever was. And yet, what, they're going to make it even more difficult for them? You know, know. I, I don't see how that, you know, that, that makes any sense. You know, but like I said, I mean, I, that to me was just, you know, another one of these minor league gimmicks that, you know, just like the, you know, when these teams play in Ninja Turtle uh, uniforms. You know, just to draw fans in, and you know, look at this gimmick. And you know, I mean, I I like the intentional walk rule. I'll tell you that. You know, that's I guess considered progressive. Oh, why do I need to see the pitcher throw four outside? Okay, oh, he's not paying attention, so he may throw one away. Who cares? I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a wild pitch on an intentional walk. If he wants to walk the guy, let him walk him. Say, hey, there's first base. See you later. Why am yeah. I? Why are we going through the motions here?
2: I think your cousin's on the opposite side of that fence. <laughs>
0: Oh, you like every once in a while, like when Miguel Cabrera that time stepped out and hit him in a single to right field? It's the same thing as the goddamn walk.
2: No, he likes it in the, in the sense that the pitcher could fuck up a, a pitch out and actually yeah, throw it I behind it give I understand that. And give it, and give it, it if, if pitcher, someone's on base, you know, give them an opportunity to advance.
1: Or score. James knows this about me. I am so pitcher-centric.
0: As far as I'm concerned, the pitcher should be able to get carried off the mound to the dugout every game. The pitcher is doing 90% of the work, as far as I'm concerned, on a, on a baseball field. That there should be no other, no, you know, I don't want to see the pitcher throw four pitches 70 miles an hour. You know, that could screw up your your momentum. That could screw up your, you know, that could screw up your everything. That could just, it's just, to me, it's pointless. I mean, I I understand. I'm making it like I'm so passionate about it. It's not a big deal either way. But it it just, to me, it was a good rule. All right, save a couple. I mean, it's not going to save time in the game. It's only a couple of seconds. But in reality... I don't need to see that. If the intentional walk, oh, I first base. There you go, buddy. See you later. I don't need to see a a a, a guy lose track of what he's doing because he's thinking about the next hitter, the situation. So he may lose track of what he's doing and lost one in. You know that, that, that just to me is not You know
1: that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm paying to see. Yeah, I mean I'm not that passionate about it either. I could care less. You know it's just another part of the game for a chance for you know something to something to happen to you, as rare as it, as rare as it can be. You know I'm more passionate about how these teams are getting away from playing certain facets of the game that are important, like the steal, like the hit-and-run, like the bunt, you know, stuff like that. I'm more passionate about that than I agree, a simple I agree, what side of the fence do you want with the shift? I think a team should be allowed to do whatever they want.
2: I think it's part there of the game plan.
1: And I think, that, yeah, I think that a hitter, I think that that onus falls on a hitter. If they're shifting 100%. you... Like, we literally we, said this. We play we play old man softball, all three of us. We play softball. And if every time a righty a lefty or a righty comes up they, they shift. Oh, left foot. They say left foot, everybody moves to the right. What do I do? I hit the I ball don't... the other way. Like I you hit it hit it where they ain't. Isn't that one of the biggest sayings? Hit it where they ain't. A
0: hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm glad I'm glad you you know we see eye on that because that, that to me is the ridiculous make it make it illegal. Why why would you make it illegal? Yeah. Learn how to hit. Exactly. Now, yeah, how right. many times did Mark Teixeira? I mean, you guys are you guys are the age of Mark Teixeira. We said we you said mean, we talked
2: about this last episode. Hit that ball to the guy standing ten to twenty feet behind the second phase
1: grass, <laughs> and and he, he look all dejected. Like, dude, you knew he doing standing there. You know, I don't know if you remember this because it was you know it it happened and it was so minute, but now it's so important because it fits the argument is Cano a couple years ago in Fenway as a Yankee dropped down a bunt that rolled all the way to the short left field and he turned it into a double because he was shifted like you know it didn't now I don't. you can correct me if I'm wrong here but you remember in the '09 9 World Series when Damon took third in Philadelphia was that on a shift?
0: Uh, I don't remember I don't remember
1: because nobody was at third I I don't nobody was at third that's why he went so I'm assuming they shifted I
2: think it was I I think it was a botched play
1: no I don't think it was a botched play I think he just took off because no, nobody was. Ball, well,
0: the ball, if I remember right, went into the corner. So I think that the the cutoff man. I think it was a dropped play by the catcher and the pitcher, whereas the catcher was supposed to slide over and the pitcher goes home, you know, or, or whatever. You know, whatever was supposed to happen, but I don't. I don't remember. I'm not going to say. You know, so you know. I think you know he's. Looking,
2: I, I think he's looking it up. But I want to go back to what you were saying about the the pitcher getting thrown off his rhythm uh, with his pitch out thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like to look at. I like to look at sports. And, and think about the mental aspect, right? How being in the right mindset can affect your performance. I feel like taking away the the pitch out, right? The four pitches is making it easier mentally on the pitcher. But I think having having that having that stress on, them, on the on their mentality is just a, a, a natural thing of the game. And like the pitcher should be able to like, all right, here we go. I gotta fo- refocus back in. And if they can't then that's just the beauty of the game is it gets them rattled you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean i, I don't i don't disagree with you but i'm sure you're
2: going to you know where i'm going to go with this but I, yeah i i totally i totally <laughs> agree with you, what you're saying too that's why I, I mean everything every point you've made is is spot on
1: yeah it's not talking about the in the intentional walk rule is really minute compared to some of the things they want to change no, I,
2: know, I know i know i'm just but, i'm just saying
1: but, but then again, I also, as old school as I want to think that I am, I also do welcome all these metrics
0: where they say it's not worth it to bunt to give up the out, you know, or you know, I, I do give some validity to this, you know, to, to that stuff. I mean, you know, I, I do think that it does have a place. You know, baseball was always a, an over stat analyzed sport to begin with. It's part of the beauty of it. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't miss the bunt per se. You know, but like you, like like the point that you were making in the last podcast, sometimes you need to do it. Yeah. Why you wouldn't practice it? I don't understand. Because just like the time, like uh, when when the Red Sox came back on us for the four games, mm. and you know they got Dave Roberts on first base and he stole second, and you know that, that those kind of moves need to be done every once in a while. It's kind of like the outside kick. You don't do it every time, but sometimes when you need to do it, you should know how
1: to do it. Right. So I found the Damon play that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He singled, and they were shifting. Because guess who was at the plate? Teixeira.
0: Oh, there you
1: go. So he he stole se- he stole second base. The third baseman was covering second, yeah. and the throw was a short hop throw. The run, the the third baseman came in front of second base, and he just took off for third. He jogged. He yeah. jogged to third base. Which, means, which means obviously, it was either the catcher or the pitcher. Most likely, probably the catcher, who should have been at third base. The in the in the video here that I've, I paused, that uh, the pitcher was running to third base. So the pitcher was it was the pitcher's job to cover third. There you go. Which is most which. <laughs> Because he's got enough to do. Exactly. <laughs> I mean
2: the catcher the catcher just threw the ball though. So he's probably like just he's probably still like on his knees like, yeah. like waiting for the call and then he's like, Oh fuck, like mm-hmm. what the hell's going on? You yeah, know, to share, to the, the only time the only time I get feet. mad at the pitcher is that ground ball of the second base when he doesn't, you know, in between the second base and the first base when he doesn't cover. To me that's like the only
0: that and the wild pitch, you know, cover at home. To me those are that that's your job. You know, that's something that's the only time I get mad at the and, the that, and that spring train. That's
1: what they're doing right now. And, back, and backing up home and third base, of course. Those are the other yeah. two. You yeah, know. 100%. The, the fielding aspect, I, I don't mind as much. But
0: as far as other stuff, like I said, I, mean, I, do, I do I need to see the gimmick of, of the three home runs that pitchers are going to hit this year? You know, nah. I, I, I It was up to me there would be either, either no DH or a DH in both leagues. I just don't want to see the pitcher hit, it does
1: nothing for me. Okay, I I can I, I can understand it, and that's the thing, you know. I could see both sides of the argument, and you know, I I'm not so I'm not so hung up on the fact. I wouldn't be upset if they added the DH to the National League, and I wouldn't be upset if they didn't. You know, it really wouldn't bother me either way. You know, I just don't want them to make major rule changes to like, you know. Oh no, it bothers me. I don't know if I made it clear. No, no, I know it bothers it you. It bothers me. I know it bothers <laughs> you, and you know. <laughs> I think we're going to have to wait till the next uh collective bargaining agreement to really see what they're going to do with it. Uh-huh. You know, which is 2021. I think that you'll see some changes there with with some of the rules that they're trying to pitch pull. I mean, you know, but the main reason why they made that, in, that intentional walk rule was to save time, and it's really not that big of a time saver. You know, how do you feel about the pitch clock? Um, I don't think it could work,
0: you know, the way the game is built. I think that they have to make adjustments. Because it's a business first, no matter what you know. How much we love it, and you know, it, it, they have to figure out how to get the young people into the game, and you know, whatever they have to do to speed it up to get more money into the game, and the game keep going. Because I'm not an NBA guy at all, you know, and, and the young kids seem like they're all they're very NBA centric, you know. And, and I wish that more young guys would care more about the game, but I do understand that in the Instagram era and the Facebook era and the, and the, Insta, the Twitter era, baseball players are not. The, not what's happening, you know what I mean. So I, I can understand them doing whatever they have, whatever they have to do to help the game. It, 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 I'm good for. Well on. It doesn't, not screw with
1: the integrity of the game. I'm, you know, I'm all for it. That and that's my thing. I don't want, to, I don't want them to screw with the integrity of the game. And the thing about baseball and their superstars is that, you know, if you go, if you go see Mike Trout, you're only going to see him three times on the field. He might get one ball or two balls hit to him, and he might go 0 for three. And you're like, this is our superstar. This is the superstar that everybody's talking about.
0: Uh, as much as I defend the pitchers. I don't I don't like the bring it a lefty, bring it a righty, bring it a lefty. As far as, I'm I'm all for the, you know, figure out a rule where the guy's got to pitch to three hitters or something like that, you know. Guys should be able to get both sides of the plate out. The specialist thing when it comes batter to batter, that is annoying. I mean, you know, if, if they could somehow do it faster, then maybe I would be okay with it, but it just does take forever. I mean, you watch your playoff games sometimes. Play, playoff baseball to me is like I, it could last ten hours, I can could left. But I, I don't need to see a game in June. Where a guy is, you know, they do a matchups, you know, all, all night because, you know, even in September when they expand the rosters and they start getting stupid with the pitching changes. I mean, you know, I, I don't love
1: that. I don't have the answer, but I think that could definitely be addressed. Well, what 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 doesn't make sense? And Show, Buck Showalter said it too. Is you play four or five months out of the season under one rule, and then in September you're playing under different rules because you have expanded rosters. Why are we expanding the rosters? You know. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: I agree.
1: You know, if I agree you're going to expand it, maybe go from 25 to 30 or maybe just have 30 guys all season, 30 guys all season. That's it. You know, I, 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 yeah. I agree with that too. You know, with the 40 men and this, that, and the other thing and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just too much. But, um, is there, is there anything else that we haven't covered? Oh, we, we didn't talk about OBJ. Not yet. I don't know. Do you uh, you have anything to say about OBJ, even though you're not a Giants I, fan? One thing
0: one, one thing I'll tell you, like I, like I said at the beginning, I'm a Bills fan. For, you know, Bills fan die hard. I'm a baseball fan die hard. I can talk about the Diamondbacks, you know, Oakland A's game at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. But, you know, beyond that, you know, I, I don't think I'll be much good here. <laughs> because <laughs> he did say he's a Bills fan. He's not a, That's he's right. not a football fan. And hockey. When the Rangers, well, like I said, when the Rangers are relevant, we can talk hockey
1: but. Doesn't waste much. Doesn't pay to waste much breath on them. <laughs> no, they're re- they're rebuilding, and they're about a year or two away. Listen, I'm, I'm very grateful to you guys
2: for, for letting me come on. You know, I really I really enjoyed it. I really am yeah. No, oh, it was great. It was great having you on. It was a great conversation,
1: and I'm I'm happy you enjoyed it. Listen, well, the baseball season hasn't even started yet, so
0: you know, anytime you you know, you got some time to fill, I can you know, I, I can rant a little bit more about how much I love pitching and bring Brian Ketchum. <laughs> bring, bring back cousin Kenny. <laughs>
1: Cousin Kenny right, guys thank you. thank you for the opportunity I appreciate it Well th- thank you for coming on Kenny We appreciate it right, guys. Have a good night. You right. too Bye bye So that was our Hat winner uh, My cousin Kenneth uh, From the Bronx So another Bronx native on, on the show Um, But Passionate guy Very passionate Loves his Brian Cashman Loves him some Brian Cashman Loves his Cashman Loves his Bills Loves And, and you know what Who can blame him You'd think he's from Buffalo the Yeah way, The way he's talking about You know But you know why He's a Bills fan though because he's the the Bills are technically the only team that play in New York, and that's that's his reasoning, and I understand that. The Giants play, the I can't Jets play I, in roughly. Believe
2: I didn't even ask him that question.
1: You know, he said it, and like quick, quick said it. But you know, my parent, my family are, are Giants fans, and we bust his nut all the time over. You bust his nut. And bust his nut. All bust right. his balls all the time on, on that missed field goal in in ninety one.
2: So, uh, wow. Um, let's so talk, let's talk about. Back before we get into anything else, yeah. I mean, this so is the biggest news that, that that's happened, and we haven't even touched on Le'Veon Bell either. So
1: the NFL football season uh, off season has officially started. Free agents are going all over the place. You've seen some big names already sign. Uh, yeah, but these aren't free agents; these are trades. Well, this bro. is oh the OBJ thing was a trade, but like oh. Earl Thomas is with with the Ravens now. Um,
2: and who they just signed? Uh,
1: Mark Ingram too. Mark Ingram went to Baltimore. Um, you know, you see who the Rams got? No, Eric Weddle. Oh yeah, it's right. Eric Weddle now another you know another secondary help which they needed. Yeah. So it helps that. That's a but, great pickup. But now, let's let's talk about OBJ. All right. So yeah, Puma,
2: you are a Giants fan, and uh, I'm gonna let you say how you feel about the trade, and then I'll offer my perspective.
1: So the trade. So last night, I was. He's, at,
2: he was watching a movie.
1: I was going to I was going to see a movie with a friend of mine and who's a Jaguars fan by the way. We're going to bring him on. He's coming on. My friend Kyle. He's a Red Sox and a Jaguar fan, so it would be a nice mix. He's actually he going to come in like, He just
2: likes to piss people off with his fanhood. Exactly,
1: but you know what? He loves his Red Sox. He's an actual fan, so I can't, I can't. Uh... He's a Laker fan. And he's a Laker fan too. He was a he was a Ken. He's a big Ken Griffey fan. Oh yeah, big Ken Griffey big, fan. Big Griffey guy. But um, anyway, um, so. I get an update on my phone and it's OBJ traded to Browns and I'm like, like completely sideswiped. Like I had, I was, you know, the news is is we're not trading him, we're not trading him, we're not trading him. Yeah, you this know, this
2: came out of nowhere. So
1: you know, you just signed, you just signed this guy to a brand new contract. Uh, what was it, five five year, ninety million dollar contract just last year, and now you deal him. You know, you deal him for yeah, but man, Jabril Peppers. Hmm. The 17th overall pick and hmm. the 95th overall pick. Okay. So
2: break that down. It's the first and third round.
1: Yeah, the first and third round. So on ESPN, I'm looking at their their breakdown now. It says the Browns got an A and the Giants right. got a That's D fucking plus. Bullshit. So what the fuck is that?
2: I saw all right, all right, I agree the Browns getting an A because they got fucking Beckham. Mm-hmm. But they also gave away a first round pick, and they gave away a young safety. But the Giants getting a fucking D-plus? Are you kidding me? I, I mean, I don't Where know. Where were the Giants going, huh? <laughs>
1: they
2: weren't they weren't ready to fucking win with him. So, now... They so just got another first-round pick. They didn't have to give up their own. They got a third-round pick. And they got a young defensive player. What the fuck is wrong with
1: that? It's starting to sound like you're a Giants fan D now. D-plus? Dude. You're more upset about it than I am. <laughs>
2: this is bullshit.
1: Um, so, my take on the whole thing is... I'm not.
2: I'd love to hear what Stephen A. has to say about
1: this. Well, I was listening to Stephen A. and he was like, "I am not happy this morning." He was just going off. God. Where and were you? Where were you going? <laughs> you were not winning this year. I I think that in the grand scheme of things, I loved Beckham. He was he's a he's an all pro special talent. You know, he had that catch in his rookie year with, against Dallas, that one handed yeah, falling down yes. behind the head catch. Yes. You know, he catches everything thrown at him, but you know. But...
2: Shit, it's not fucking working.
1: But, no, no, no. It's not that it's not fucking working. It's that he's got so much other fucking baggage that comes with him. He's too much of a fucking prima donna. So
2: what I was going to say is, like, now you think about it. I don't know if... Uh, this this kind of hit me later on in the day. I forgot that uh, him and Jarvis Landry played on LSU together.
1: Yeah, and he, they and, were and, angling and, for... And, Landry, and Landry
2: to- is with... The Browns. And now. they
1: were angling for Landry to come to the Giants last year.
2: So, now you so, got college bros linking up. They're both big fucking personalities. They're uh, both
1: going to want the ball.
2: I don't think that's going to be an issue. But you also got... But you also got fucking Baker Mayfield, who... I love him as a player. Mm-hmm. But he's another, he's another fucking big head, you know? You got three of the, like, biggest P- fucking per- personalities. egos. I egos, believe. bro egos I mean is that good? I don't know. But well wait and see, you have to wait and see. But what I I don't understand how a, a Giants fan can be upset this morning. You you're going you're going into this year the, the the questions surrounding the Giants were where what are they going to do with their draft pick? Are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to trade up to go quarterback? Are they going to get a lineman, you know, because everyone says it's not entirely Eli Manning. It's the, it's the line. Mm-hmm. So what were they going to do with that first round pick? Well, now you have your original pick and then you have a top 20 pick. So you can get your quarterback early, which looks like it's going to be Haskins.
1: Well, it's we're, we're thinking that and then we're watching ESPN and it says that they might not draft yeah, a quarterback.
2: You know ESPN also reported that uh, fucking Antonio Brown was going to your cousin's Bills too. So fuck them. They can go kick rocks. So, for all I'm so,
1: as a Giants fan, as a as a Giants fan who's invested, you know, I'm not upset, but I'm not happy either. You know, I I I don't understand why you you really... sign them to that five million yeah, dollar yeah. five five year ninety million dollar contract and then trade him a year later. You know, why not trade him the year before, you know, like if you're going to trade the kid, you know, and I think that they weren't winning with him. So it wasn't like they were winning with him and they traded him. He had too much off the field baggage. You know, he's he can be a me guy. He's not a team guy. No matter how much he how much he wants to hide that. He fucking, you know, he's all about himself.
2: He fights fucking kicking nuts,
1: you know. And then gets married to one. You know. You know, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I dealt with all that shit because he was a giant. But he wasn't a giant. You know what I mean? Like, you know how, like, you say, oh, you know, this person, like, with the Yankees. Oh, he was never a Yankee. You know. Uh, like his name? Uh, you know. Fuck, what the fuck but, is his name? But, you know. Titan back in the day. Jeremy Shockey. Shockey! You know, Shockey wasn't a giant. You know. Shockey wasn't even... Shockey got hurt, Kevin Boss came in, and Shockey was in a press box for that that uh, first Super Bowl, and he didn't even go to the fucking parade. And then he's playing for the Saints next year. The next year. You know, football, as much as he's an impactful player on the field, football is such a tight-knit, family-team-first type of sport. You need to back up your players. You need to be, you know, Instagram and, and being on Instagram and having fun in the locker room and everything is a fine front. But it's a front. You know, do you really think Eli Manning is happy that he throws a bitch fit every time he doesn't get the fucking ball?
2: Do you think that Eli Manning is happy every time he sees his stupid fucking faces on social media every Sunday? Yeah. I'm saying Eli Manning's stupid faces. He's known for those stupid faces. he
1: well, you know, Eli Manning looks dazed and confused. He looks like he's high every exactly. fucking day.
2: Well, my, my thing is, is that they. It's not like they have no receivers now. They still have Shepard.
1: They have Shepherd. They have Ingram. Who's
2: a good receiver. You know, uh, he's not a Beckham. And Ingram, who's also good. They're both young still.
1: You know. Both on the but, rise.
2: And they have Barkley, obviously.
1: Yeah, but you know what it was with, with the Giants? With the Giants, it was they have the offensive weapons. It's the line. They yeah, have the offensive Now they don't have the offensive weapons. So now... No, but they don't so,
2: have... No, that's not true. They don't have... And offensive weapon.
1: Well, the way I see it, he was he, okay. Yeah,
2: he dro- Okay, fine. He, he he draws attention and he exposes the matchups for you know he's you know, a guy Ingram and Shepard. You know what? Mm-hmm. These guys, these guys now, Shepard and Ingram, they can learn how to make space for themselves. They're gonna have to. They have to. So I don't think it's at, it's that bad. And you know, like I said, now you have Barkley. When's the last time you had? A, a running back this impactful.
1: Could you even say that Jacobs was like this? He wasn't... He didn't have the hype around him like he, Barkley does. I'm not even saying hype. I mean, Ahmad Bradshaw was probably... No, no, no. ...one of the I, a better look, backs that they've had in, in, the, in the last at, you couple look of at years. You look at Barkley,
2: he's a big play any fucking second guy.
1: Well, yeah. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. He could do Brandon everything. Jan,
2: Brandon Jacobs was a workhorse, reliable. He was, You know, but he, you know he was going to help move the chains... In in chunks, mm-hmm. you know, small chunks. Barkley can rip off big yardage any in a blink. All right, they haven't had that kind of guy in a very long time.
1: No, I I understand and I agree. And yeah, so you know, so, I'm not knocking Barkley. No, no, no I'm know, not saying you are. I'm just saying, but no, Barkley, you're, you're Barkley, saying, Barkley is now the guy. He is now okay, the guy. But that's fine
2: because, but that is fine. But I'm just you can, saying, you can you know, give him the ball now. You have a, a running game to counter. Your passing game. You don't have to rely on just. The yeah, passing. But you,
1: you know, you also need an offensive line to run the fucking but ball, though. What
2: I'm saying is, they draft Haskins, and then you get an offensive but lineman. But
1: now you're you're a step ahead of me because I think that this whole trade they're angling to take a quarterback because they're getting rid of you know they're getting rid of Beckham, and they're going to bring in a new quarterback that Beckham can't taint in the locker room. You get what I'm saying? You know, because I saw something on CBS. That came up that it was they traded him because he was a pain in the fucking ass, you know they couldn't deal with him anymore, you know Shermer didn't like him, you know there was other things other things on the field that he did like not diving for that onside kick against the Bears last year, you know not you know calling out Eli Manning about not getting the ball in Philadelphia, you know there are some things that happened that you really want to bring a rookie quarterback into, you know you got to look at a rookie as a as a, as a virgin he's a virgin you know you don't want to taint him with well, a whore. You know, I know I'm saying OBJ's a whore, but you get my comparison. Just called OBJ a whore. Well, you never know. Never know these days. But you know, my studio. My my take my take on it is not happy, not upset. I'm more in the middle. I'd be fucking ecstatic. You know, yeah, you got to you got to you got a, you got a Somebody to replace Landon Collins and Peppers. You know, you have that pick now. You have two first-round picks in the top 20, one in the top 10, one in the top 20. Now, what
2: if they did this? What if they went...
1: What if they packaged the deals and traded up?
2: Well, I'm not even saying package the trade the picks. If they use one of those picks to trade up.
1: I mean, I got the draft thing right here. So, you know, it looks like the Cardinals are going to draft Kyler Murray. That's what no, it looks like. Oh man. I, I That's what it looks so. like. No, 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 no. I think they trust Rosen. You know, you know who makes might make the most sense. Try to slide in, slide right in front of the Raiders and trade with the Jets and try to swap places with the Jets.
2: Yeah, I mean, the,
1: because the Niners the Jets, are gonna. That the if, Jets don't need a quarterback. If if the Cardinals, if the Cardinals don't take Bosa, the Bo, Bosa is going to go to San Francisco. So Bosa is not going to be there for the Jets to grab anyway. That would be the player they want. So unless they can move up and trade with one with the Niners or the Cardinals, and then the Giants can trade with them and get in front of the Raiders, because. I don't know if the Raiders draft a the quarterback. They might, you know. And what if the Jaguars now? And the Jaguars are out of it because now they have Nick Foles. Yep. Now, so the only team legit, legitimately in the top ten that needs a quarterback is the Giants. The Broncos, they they just have they have Flacco. I mean, it's short term, but they're not going to draft a quarterback to your year because they just traded for Flacco. The Bills have Allen. The Lions have Stafford. I mean all these teams, except for the Giants, have some type of future at the quarterback position. Yeah. So, so honestly, it, I wouldn't move. I would stay at six. Well, Wanna, uh, Kyler uh, Murray or Hoskins or Murray will be there. The Cardinals could
2: take Murray. But like you said, it's how much do you value uh, Haskins? Do you see him as the better pick? For Murray and that you feel like he's gonna be there by the time you pick, that's different. I don't know. But if they can trade up and then maybe grab I think they need to draft an offensive lineman in one of these first. Two I picks. think that they,
1: they can get an offensive lineman at the seven in seventeen. Yeah. Um but that's my take, you know, I mean and with The Jets going to Le'Veon, the Jets getting Le'Veon Bell. You know, everybody was saying he was going to the Jets even last year. Everybody thought he was going to go to the Jets. So, you know, I'm happy because they just had a a linebacker back out on them. At least, they, you know, they got a linebacker, they signed a linebacker, and they signed, they got Le'Veon Bell. And now they have a young quarterback. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm excited.
2: (laughs) I don't know about that. That's just, the Jets are another one, man. Is it ever exciting to be a Jets fan? The Jets are like the Mets. I mean, promise, hope, disappointment every single fucking year. It's funny how, how similar the Jets and Mets like runs were, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: they're the lovable team. Like, oh, the Jets, they're 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 winning with defense and the running game. Their quarterback sucks, they're, but they're getting it done. They're the lovable the fire, losers. The fiery
1: coach. They're the team you love to the hate Mets. and hate. Oh, to the love. young,
2: the young stud pitchers. They're not really hitting the ball much, but they're getting it done. You
1: know what the you know what the joke is, right? What is it? Do You know why Met Met fans are Jet fans mostly? Because they, they can't fucking spell. That's a stupid joke. Yeah, well, it's do stu- it's true because the Mets the Met the Met fan and the Jet fan mostly. Oh God, here we go. Are very.
2: Can't wait for our Met jet listeners to call in.
1: Well, no, I'm not I'm bashing them, but they're they're so emotional in the sense of you know, one thing happened, they expect their team to do right by them, and they never do. It's like the the girlfriend that keeps cheating on you that you keep going back to. You know, you expect for them, oh, this year's gonna be different. This year's gonna be different. It's the same shit. This year's gonna be different, it's the same shit. You know, like it, it's they're like the you know that's what I mean. You know, it's team, the team that that these teams are the teams you that you love you you hate that you love them and you love them that you hate them. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I guess we're we're just spoiled that we're Yankee fans. We were, were you know blessed. We were blessed by the baseball gods.
1: Yeah, you know, thank the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. But um, I think it's time to play a little game.
2: Oh fuck! Wow, we fucking completely forgot about this. I didn't forget. Okay. <clears throat> Without further ado, we need to get some theme music.
1: <laughs> you say that All every right, show. We, we
2: do, man. All right, so it's time to play Guess That Hat. Damn, oh, man, he's he's getting ready. He's stripping down. He's taking the glasses off. He took his final sip of whatever. What, what the fuck is in that cup? Sprite. Let me tell you guys something. Puma's a a skinny, a skinny fucking guy. He eats a lot of shit sometimes. <laughs> drinks soda. And he doesn't fucking gain an ounce. It'll catch I, up I got, to me, don't worry. I have a fucking share bag, share size of peanut M&Ms over here. I'm probably gonna fucking explode tonight. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> anyway, uh five facts. Let's not get too crazy. We have a nice little list here prepared. Today we can we can go back and forth because we're we're a little prepared.
1: Uh, Are you trying to say we're not prepared? No,
2: no. I'm not prepared. You're prepared. I'm not. All right. Let's see. Oh, I almost said the name of the team. Uh, this team is recognized as the first official professional baseball team. The first game was played in 1869 and were then known as a different name. Oh, uh, shit. Should I give that? Should I say this? I, I don't know if they would guess this team with that clue.
1: Maybe not. Go ahead.
2: All right. The first game was played in 1869 and were then known as the Red Stockings.
1: So, fun fact. Well, this is just a side fact. This is not a World Series hat. For the first time in three weeks, I'm not wearing a World Series hat. Oh, yeah. So, this is no year needed. No year needed. Just the name of the team. Just the name of the team. Just make it clear because, you know, my cousin said that it was a little unclear. No year. Just the team. Okay. So... Their first World Series was won in 1919, but has a tarnished legacy because that was the Black Sox scandal. Uh-huh. So there's fact number two.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. It's fact number three. Baseball's first televised game was between this team and Brooklyn at Brooklyn's Ebbets Field. You got a year? There is no year there.
1: There is no year there. Okay. <laughs>
2: But let's, let's think about television. Think about uh, when, when they would televise games and put two and two together. Okay. So we're on number four.
1: Mm-mm-mm. Did you do... You said that they were recognized as the first professional team, I did. right? I did. So here's another one. Because since, since they were recognized as the first official professional baseball team, they also have a recognition of the first game of professional baseball was played in this city from 1876 to 1989. Only twice that it did it not occur. Only uh, 1877 and 1966 and it was because of rainouts. So you're talking about the, the games so the first
2: played at that same stadium?
1: No, so each season the first game of professional baseball was played in this city. Oh. So they were the first game. Oh wow. Yeah, so they were always the first game of the year. That's beautiful.
2: That's a a beautiful fucking thing, man. What a way to honor this, the first team of baseball. Nah, nah. How about this one? That's a a name right there.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Can you pronounce that name?
2: Oh, hell yeah. Ready? In 1938, Johnny Vandermeer pitched consecutive no-hitters. June 11th versus, versus Boston, and four days later versus the Brooklyn Dodgers. The only pitcher ever to throw back-to-back no-hitters. He played for this team. So, I know what you guys are going to do. You're going to type in Johnny Vandermeer. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, what team did he play for? What years? There it is. Boom.
1: And lastly, the last clue. Well,
2: I guess we we got a bonus clue.
1: So, overall, they have won 11 divisional, divisional titles, nine National League pennants, and five World Series championships. And... There is an obvious clue, but I'm not going to give it. No, stop. I'm stop. not going to give it. Like like, you're, like Kenny said, we're, we're getting Smokey a little Kenny. easy, a little hard on the things. So um, this has been Guess That Hat. Comment on the post below. Uh, and as you can see, again, the third week in a row, we've had our hat guest on. Good conversation. You guys get plenty of time. You get
2: your time, man. We don't kick you off. We don't kick you off. When the topic just ends, that's when it ends. But listen, today was fucking long.
1: Today was long. You know what? But it was a good conversation. Kenny has a lot of knowledgeable things to say. You know, as you can see, baseball runs in my family. It's not just me. And... You know, it's it, he he was he was fun. It was really fun to have him come on. Yeah, I and he actually already just texted us saying, you know, that he had a really good time and that he appreciated us appreciating us coming on. So, I want to skip push and pull today. I agree. And I want to get into one more thing. Oh
2: shit.
1: One more thing. Oh boy. So, last week we had the host to finalize this on the show. And I have a bone to pick. Oh, so, Jesus. the bone I have to pick oh, is Jesus is I enjoyed John John coming on was great it was awesome I can't wait to go back on the show but oh my god what are we doing here but here's the but your freaking podcast is named after a movie unoriginal oh, our boy. our title of our what are you show doing? our title of our show might be a mouthful but at least it has a nice cool story behind it oh, who do you think you are oh, i am oh, is here and it's here to stay i don't care if it's a mouthful If it's not, if it's a mouthful for you, get a bigger mouth. Okay? So, that's what I got to say. That's how I want to leave this off. Uh, You know, if it's a mouthful, I got a mouthful for you right over here. Oh, my God. Chen, you got to back me up here. Come on, you got to back me up here.
2: This has been episode eight of Who Do You
1: Think You Are, (laughs) Possibly our last episode. Possibly the last one. (laughs) But... Uh, you got anything to add to that? You listen. You got to protect the name of the show. You can't just have people going around saying it's a mouthful and let yeah, them get away with it.
2: I was gonna, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna bring it on on live, man. We we're gonna do it live. Hey, we
1: can still do, a live. Well, we well, could, can, to do it live. Do a live. We could, we can, we gotta do it live now.
2: We can't fucking back at of now. No, we have this fucking audio proof. Yeah, just like your cousin where he's referencing, I was shitting on the bills. I don't think
1: I was shitting on him. Was I shitting on the Bills? Listen, I walked out of the room and I walked into you just playing that fucking song on your phone. I got no fucking clue.
2: The fuck? That, I don't know. I just said, oh.
1: Listen, bills. listen. I love my cousin to death, but when you're a Bills fan, you're a little touchy when it comes to your Bills and, and a team that's been in mediocrity for most of their except for that one run where they went to those four Super Bowls and couldn't finish the job. But we won't mention that.
2: So just like you backed me up, I'm going to back you up here. I'm joking. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, I'd say it's a wrap.
1: I'd say it's a wrap too. We're we're not recording again until the following Sunday. So you know
2: what? So, uh, yeah, check us out. You know we've, we've we've seen a nice little spike in the listens. So we appreciate everyone out that's going out there and turning the show on, hearing us talk about sports like two fucking idiots. We think we're the fucking pros. <laughs> um, but please, we want to hear from you. Besides the hat trivia, we want some questions that we want you to we want you to submit questions that we should answer up here. So,
1: you want to do just sports questions, or you th- want to do anything? anything,
2: man, anything whatever. Jens, what the fuck was it like when you had your your ass cyst? I don't fucking that. <laughs> like, right? I'll share that story with the world. So, uh, send us a message on Instagram. Who do you think you are? I am W D U T U R. I-A-M, right?
1: Yeah. And I would look really nice in a fucking t-shirt too, um, by the way. <laughs> oh,
2: God. He's still, he's still on it. Uh, Twitter. Tweet at us. We don't really check it out much because we don't get anything on that. We're show. more Instagram guys than so just Twitter. Fucking just tweet at us if you want to. Um, add to the trivia, we just need the name of the team. And maybe I'll let you do it today. You got anything else to add?
1: No. Just hit the subscribe button. Write us a review. You know, give us that five star rating. You know, we appreciate the reviews. We already have one, so just hit the review button, hit the subscribe button, um, and you know, we're we're building an army. So let's keep building that army. And you know, we uh, appreciate every single one of you. So that's all I have to say. They did it. No, the nets oh. off the moorings. Nets off the moorings.
2: Oh. Wait, there- is it review? Anyway. I just have one more thing to
1: add. Do you? Who do you (laughs) think you are? I am. Ciao. Come se dice.